Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone. Testosterone fueled again. Maximize your masculinity today at choq.com. Use the code Jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life. Choq.com code Jesse. Limited time offer. Subscription cancelable at any time. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please. Don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. We got a Trump rally. We have a debate coming up. 
We have a snitch. But first, I have to get something off my chest. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. Before I get to the Trump rally, all the new Biden stuff, the FBI, everybody's political takes, before I get to our debate prep as we get ready, because we have another one coming this week, I just have to address something. I saw it right before I came on the show. Well, started the show. I guess it's my show. I don't come on the show. Shut up. Anyway, I saw a writer, not going to just get a blast away at him, but I saw a writer. He actually wrote an article and headlined it that that Trump isn't a victim of the media being biased against him. The problem in America is the media is too biased pro-Trump, too biased on his behalf. And everybody on the right, they're, they're all, everyone's talking about this this morning. They're freaking out. Are you an idiot? What are you talking about? It's crazy. The whole media is in, in the Democrat pocket and all that's true. All right, you're probably doing the same thing. What? All that's true. But I do want you to take a lesson from this. You and I have had this conversation before. We're about to have it again. Realize something. Leftism is not a political ideology. It is a religion of domination. He meant it. To his credit, in his worldview, he meant it. He looks at the sea of media out there, and he sees, man, they're not pushing leftism nearly enough. They should be going after Trump a lot harder than they are. This is ridiculous. He means that. I have heard these people talk like this forever. They don't look at 95% of the control of the American media and say to themselves, we're doing fine. They look at that and all they see is the 5% they don't control. And it grinds on them. You see this over and over and over again. You'll bring up the fact they control every major network. They control 95% of the cable news networks. They control, shoot, Hollywood, the sitcoms, everything everything you consume, at least 95% of it, they control all of it. They don't see it. You bring that up to one of them and they'll say, the the first, Fox News. Nasty. You bring up a show like The View. Obviously, I don't watch The View, but you bring up a show like The View. All leftists, one Republican, Meghan McCain on that show. And time and time again, the left has come for Meghan McCain's job to try to have her removed from the show. They look and don't see a whole panel of leftists and one person on the right. All they see is that person on the right, and it grades on them. And I want you to remember this for this reason. Not because of some stupid article you're not going to read anyway. I want you to remember this for the future. There is no place, none, where they don't intend to go. Unless you stop leftism, it is coming for whatever you want. You've seen it infect churches here. Whatever you can possibly conceive, whatever you love, they're coming for it. And unless you stop them, they will not stop on their own. It is a religion of domination. Remember that now and always. We're going to have this conversation again, I'm sure. Now, on to the Biden Hunter Biden emails, Biden family, how deep this goes. Here's where we are right now. Obviously, I knew and you knew last week, as soon as places like Twitter and Facebook were blocking the New York Post from posting the article, 
they still have blocked the New York Post from posting anything until they delete their link to the article. I knew this article probably had a lot of validity to it, and it turns out it really does. We don't have a denial yet from Hunter Biden. We don't have a denial from Joe Biden for the damaging stuff that's in. Nobody has even bothered to tell me a lie yet. Nobody's even taken the time to say, oh, that wasn't me. I was hacked. They haven't even gone with that claim. So you know what's coming. Now we have a report about a Ukrainian business partner of Hunter Biden's. They found a lot on his laptop. This is bad. And this is why it's bad. It's not because of trying to be delicate here. I understand this is a family show. You know, I'm always going to keep it a family show. You're never going to have to turn this show off for your kids. Let's just say I've seen some of the pictures going around out there that came off of the laptop of Hunter Biden doing his thing. I don't care. It's not my business. I'm the last person in the world to judge anybody. It's whatever. That's, that's, that's his thing. The Communist China connection is a really, really, really world-changing big deal. Campaign-ending big deal. Hunter Biden uh, enjoying cocaine and the nightlife too much is one thing. Joe Biden possibly being beholden to the Communist Party of China is another thing entirely. China is the enemy of the world right now. They have world domination goals. We know that they, they, they're bold about it. They'll flat out tell you. If the American president can't hold China's feet to the fire, no other nation on the planet is even close to powerful enough to hold China's feet to the fire. Meaning the only thing stopping China from massively expanding its domination could be an American president who has an anti-Chinese stance like Donald Trump does. Joe Biden, if he's not only, if he's not, only not anti-China, I don't think I said that right, I went to community college, but if he's pro-China, because at any moment they can get him on the phone, oh, Joe, remember, remember this, I'd hate for the public to find out about that. You want to go ahead and reverse that policy? If that's what we've got here, that's a big deal. Don't let anybody tell you this is a conspiracy theory or nothing big. It is a big, big deal. We're about to find out. Trump, to his credit, is not letting it go. Joe Biden is and always has been a corrupt politician. He always has been. And as far as I'm concerned, the Biden family is a criminal enterprise. It really is. Look at what's going on. Now, that obviously sounds like campaign rally stuff. Get the people fired up. Woo! And I don't know that I would call it a criminal enterprise. But what are we supposed to think about it? Let's just pause there for a moment. What are you and I supposed to think about it? Let's, let's be real here. Nobody's surprised that a politician's kid turns out to be flawed. That's Powerful people have children that turn out to be whack jobs all the time. That's not surprising. It's not surprising that he got a job, right? Is it? It's not surprising that Joe Biden got Hunter a job. I understand in the grand scheme of things, it's not ideal for Hunter Biden to get a lucrative job because somebody 
wants wants his dad to be nice to him. I get that. Not ideal, but also the way the world works. You know that old saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know? So that doesn't even outrage me too much. But what are we supposed to think about the Chinese stuff? Remember, Donald Trump Jr. came on this show, and you remember what he said. Hunter Biden scored a contract through the communist Chinese. Hunter Biden had a startup company and scored a contract from them that big, major companies like Goldman Sachs were going after. They surveyed the landscape, saw all these established companies, and thought, oh, let's go with Hunter Biden's instead. How is that not corruption? There's something there, right? We're probably never going to get the total truth because of the media and the FBI. We'll get to that in a second. But there's something there. Biden's campaign spokesman even came out with kind of a half-hearted denial. Quote, Donald Trump tanked the strongest economy he inherited from the Obama-Biden administration by continually discounting and attacking warnings from the scientific and medical experts working around the clock to save lives. Hang on, let me read this again. Hmm. So Donald Trump talks about Joe Biden being a corrupt politician, and their campaign immediately starts talking about coronavirus? Like I said, they're not even bothering to deny everything. Governor Christy Nome of of South Dakota who's looking to get real famous real soon, I would guess probably in a budding superstar in the GOP. Had some harsh words. I want to tell you what, I mean, women overwhelmingly want somebody leading the country that they can trust. And this really does grave damage to Joe Biden's credibility. Um, you know, this is the kind of corruption and power that we don't want in our leaders. And I'm glad that it's being talked about, and we should continue to dig into it and get the full truth. The American people deserve to hear the truth. The American people do deserve to hear the truth, but when do we ever? That's one. Two, I wonder if she's right. You know, we hear all the time about Trump's underwater with suburban women. Suburban women hate Trump, and maybe maybe that's true, maybe it's not. I will tell you anecdotally, as you know, I don't hang out with political people. I have a bunch of friends in the political arena, but I live in Houston, Texas, way away from all that stuff for a reason. I hang out with relatively non-political voting Republicans. That's really, that's that's who I hang out with. Almost to a man, the men love Trump. Almost to a woman, their wives, ah. Now most of them are voting Trump, don't really like him. I don't know whether that's established. Clearly Trump has plenty of female support out there somewhere, but it's something. So is this something that's going to flip the women who have gone to Biden back to Trump? I don't know. Like I said, do people actually care? I don't know. Now, here's something you should care about. The FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, you know, the federal law enforcement arm, the same one that got involved in the last election, they don't appear to be really anxious to release this info on Hunter Biden. Now, why would that be? Jim Jordan has some questions. 
Don't hold your breath. Remember, we haven't got a whole lot from Chris Ray. Uh, frankly, uh, when, when the, the information was declassified, it was Rick Grinnell and John Ratcliffe who've given us that, who told us that there was no proper predicate for launching this whole hoax back in 16 when the uh, Obama-Biden intelligence community launched it and the FBI launched it. So I, I wouldn't hold your breath waiting for Chris Ray to give us information. Uh, and, and we shouldn't be surprised that Hunter Biden is dealing with Kazakhstan. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's Russia, it's China, it's Ukraine. It's, who isn't it? So I don't that should surprise us, but I'm not holding my breath on waiting on the FBI. I think we just got to do our our investigation as best we can, get the facts to the American people, and, and hopefully overcome this obstacle that is now big tech. Mm. What are we supposed to do about that? You see, it's one thing for the Biden family to be scumbags. They're politicians. They're all scumbags. If the Federal Bureau of Investigation has just flat out decided now that it's in the tank for the people in the government club and against all Republicans, well, why do we need an FBI? All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. Now, home title theft is one of those things that's crushing people in this country. And it is, if you look at the stories of it, it is heartbreaking to watch. People are being financially wiped out because of home title theft. And I don't have a better way to say it. Home title lock is the only way you can stop them because it's such an easy crime for these cyber thieves. It's easy money. They just hack into your home title, forge your signature on it, take a loan out against it, and you're done. That's it. It's over. So, HomeTitleLock.com, right now, HomeTitleLock.com, go sign up, use the promo code RADIO, get yourself 30 days of free protection. We'll be back. What does the country think about coronavirus and Donald Trump? I have a feeling this election is going to come down to that question. And let's be honest. I don't know. Do you know? Look, I myself have been all over the map with Donald Trump, but I know I'm outside of the norm. You remember at the very beginning when it was locked down this, locked down that, stay home, be safe. I was super anti-Trump at the time. What is he talking about? He's killing us. Eventually he came around, changed his tune, said, open it back up. Okay, thrilled with him now. I think I might be in the minority. I think the American people, I'm, I should say I'm worried. The American people, they feel like we didn't lock down enough. Now, I can't relate to that mentality. Maybe you're that way. I can't relate to that. But I think the election might come down to it. Donald Trump, though, if you listen to him at his rallies, and you know they pull all this stuff, Donald Trump seems to think the coronavirus stuff is a win for him and not Joe Biden. He'll listen to the scientists. If I listened totally to the scientists, we would right now have a country that would be in a massive depression instead of, we're like a rocket ship. Take a look at the numbers. Where is he wrong? I don't know what the voters are going to see when they see that, but tell me, where is Donald Trump wrong? The truth of the matter is this. These doctors, whatever you think of them, Fauci and others, they treated the United States of America like some 50-person village in Sudan. Oh, everyone just uh, go home for a couple weeks. Don't worry. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll mine the goats and stuff. It's a $20 trillion economy. 
It's 330 million people. You don't go home for a week. You don't go home for a day. The show must go on. But the question is, what do the American people think? There are still people all over this country scared to death of that virus. Scared to death of it. What are you supposed to tell that person? There are people all over this country saying lockdown again. There are parents all over this country, personally, not the school districts, parents themselves, holding their children home from school because of coronavirus, when children have virtually zero symptoms from the thing, even if they do get it. No more friends, no more recess, no more nothing. Just go hide in a bubble, Timmy. How's that person voting on election day? You tell me. You tell me. Now, we have a debate upcoming. I'm going to keep this brief because you know we're going to do, do more on that in the future. Donald Trump, as you remember, talks the whole time in the last debate. That's what Donald Trump does. I'm expecting a lot more of that in this one, too. However, I do think Trump listened to some people who told him, look, it's not that you're being rude. Joe Biden can't get more than one or two sentences out of his mouth before he screws everything up. So let him screw up. The public didn't get to see Joe Biden screw up because Trump just stomped on him the whole time. This is Jason Miller. When you talk about style and you talk about approach, I do think that President Trump is going to give Joe Biden a little bit more room to explain himself on some of these issues. Whether it is, are you the chairman? Are you the big guy? As we've seen articulated in these emails. Do you support packing the court? I do think the president's going to want to hear Joe Biden's answer on some of these and we'll uh, definitely give him all the time that Joe Biden wants to talk about packing the court. I think he's going to get it on Thursday. Isn't it amazing we still don't have an answer to that question? We are 15 days from the election, and we still don't know whether the Democratic nominee for President of the United States of America is going to completely alter the United States government after he's elected. Isn't that, a, it's a, that stunning? That should be the biggest story in politics. Rens Priebus, he thinks Trump's going to get a win. I think he may be biased, but still. Says you are concerned about the president's chances. Is that right? You're concerned that the president is headed for a loss? Uh, no, not at all. Um, in fact, I'm not concerned about that at all. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about early vote. I'm concerned about absentee ballot voting. But I'm always worried about early vote and absentee ballot voting. Um, I haven't re-emerged. I've always been uh, helpful to the president, helpful to the RNC. Uh, but look, you know, early vote and where we're, we're at in a pandemic and having five times more people vote in Florida than ever before, these are unprecedented times. The polling is all over the map. Um, this is something that's going to come down to the wire, and I hope and expect the president to win. I also expect the president to win. But if he doesn't, this is just, a, just let me take a brief moment here. If he doesn't, I want you to know something. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. It's not ideal. I realize it's going to speed up the old slide, but I promise we'll come out of it. We'll be fine. Life goes on. All right. Life may go on, but it's not really up for debate. If certain things happen in this election, the stock market is going to look very, very different the day after the election. That's how sensitive things are right now. 
You talk to these guys who know all about stocks and bonds, and they'll tell you it's just very, very sensitive right now. It's a powder keg. Why are you waiting around nervously checking the Dow every single day? Just get a gold IRA as part of your portfolio. Then, if the other part takes a big hit, you're not financially wiped out. Gold Alliance makes this completely easy. And they have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They're going to walk you through everything. It's going to be fine. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. We'll be back. Joining me now, as he has before, Brandon Weikert. He is a writer for Real Clear Public Affairs and Real Clear World, and he's the author of Winning Space. Brandon, what am I supposed to actually think about all this Biden stuff? Because I'll tell you, here, here's where I am. I don't care that Hunter Biden enjoys the nightlife a little too much. It's really not my business. It's not my place to judge. I, whatever. I do very much care if Joe Biden is in the pocket of the communist Chinese. And that's all yeah. I care about. How yeah. can I find out if he is or not? Well, it looks like there's, uh, at least on the Republican side, a lot of people investigating this. I know that Steve Bannon and his group are involved, and I know that the Republicans on the Senate side are, are starting to launch an official investigation. And my understanding is that the FBI is holding on to the laptop of Hunter Biden. So obviously there is at some level a federal inquiry going on into this, and uh, we'll find out that way. Um, clearly, there are many things going on with the Biden family internationally that are not above board. And I think voters should be very concerned uh, about what leverage uh, uh, other countries, even allies like Ukraine, may have uh, on the Biden family, especially if uh, we know that Joe Biden is so close with his son, Hunter, uh, and we know that that Hunter was at least piggybacking onto his father's political coattails in order to acquire money uh, from these foreign countries. So, uh, you know, I would be very worried, not just the communist Chinese, but it could be a bevy, a who's who of America's enemies and even maybe some of our frenemies that are trying to, to glom onto the new president. Brandon, I don't want to be naive, and I don't want to be too cynical here, so correct me if I'm wrong. When I hear some politician's son is a dirtball and his dad got him a good job somewhere, I don't, I don't, I'm not actually shocked by that at all. But right. should I be? I just assumed that's what they were all doing. I assume most of their kids are turds and they're working in jobs they're not <laughs> qualified for because their dad got him the job. Is that too cynical? Well, no, I actually think that's probably a fair assessment. Obviously, there are probably exceptions to that rule. I get the sense that the Trump kids are at least competent uh, in private yeah. sector. I, without their father, uh, you know, I think they would be successful regardless. Um, but um, I don't get that sense from Biden's family, especially. Um, and so I don't think it's cynical. I think it's it's realistic. We've always known that um, in a political system, whether it be the United States or even communist China, the same kind of pattern happens where the least uh, qualified end up in political power, at least in the mid-level, uh, because of their family connections, not because of their competence. Most of the smart people, the competent people, spend a considerable amount of time in the private sector or in business, uh, and and they don't really have these same sort of issues. They may be bad people, 
but they don't have the incompetent, corrupt issue necessarily uh, that we see in the political systems of our, our own country, but also many other countries, especially the bigger countries. It's just sort of part and parcel of, uh, of, of life, I guess. See, that, you know what? That's a great. That's a great point, and I want to ask you this. I don't care if people in leadership are bad people. I'm a horrible person. Bad people are oftentimes <laughs> the most effective people out there. Right. How do we right. increase the effectiveness of the people right. we have in government? Is there a solution there? And I know people are going to chuck things at the TV when I say this. Do people in Congress actually need a pay raise so we can attract more people? Is it? Is it? What, what do they need? How do we get people? Because yeah. I'll tell you, man, I look at people like that Senator Maisie Hirono from Hawaii, and I'm flat out embarrassed that somebody with the IQ of a slipper is a United States senator. <laughs> we have to do better. Well, How can we do better? Well, I can tell you as a former staffer, the staffs on Congress are the ones who are getting anything done. Uh, and they get paid very little, particularly in the House side. And so part of the problem, I think, is not just attracting talent, uh, to the to the legislative branch, which actually is, I think, the most important branch, and it's the branch that we neglect to our own peril over the long term. Presidents come and go, but Congress th has the ability to pass. And, and let me look look at Nancy Pelosi, how long she and her staff have been in power and influencing things. So I think the first step we need to do in terms of pay raises, possibly not necessarily for the Congress people, but certainly for the staffs to attract the top tier talent and then retain. The talent, because so often we move to D.C. and after a few years, you know, it's very expensive, and we don't all want to live at the age of thirty-something, uh, you know, in three and four uh, with three and four roommates. At some point, we want to be able to, to live our life, and so many of us jump to the private sector because they offer competitive wages. But part of the loss then is that now you have all of that congressional talent from both parties going to work for private lobbying firms, many of them who are in business with the Chinese government or in business with Saudi Arabia and whose objective is to influence our laws to benefit their countries, and it's all legal. So we allow the Chinese government to legally lobby our own Congress people. Please explain that to me. It would be state-owned. Technically, there's a degree of separation. But in the oh, Chinese okay, system, yeah. yeah. But basically, uh, many of our top lobbying firms are contracted out by firms or affiliates for these Chinese state-owned enterprises or Chinese firms that are controlled by Communist Party members in China, and they're basically vessels for Chinese national interests here. <sighs> All right, back <laughs> to something you talked about earlier, the yeah. FBI. Yeah. I will admit I am a bit sour on the FBI, especially over <laughs> the last few years, to put it mildly. Right. Why is it supposed to make me feel better that Hunter Biden's laptop is now in possession of the FBI? I, I, I Shoot, I'd be willing to place a small wager at this point in time. It'll be lost soon on accident. Well, well, yeah, I should clarify. I was simply saying that clearly there are people at the federal level uh, beyond political partisan people who are aware of what's going on with Hunter. Um, I, as, as to the effectiveness of whatever investigation, I'm skeptical myself. Um, you know, if you're a Democrat, you already hate the FBI because of how Comey handled the email thing. And if you're a Republican, obviously uh, you hate, you're, you're annoyed with the FBI because of what they've done to the president and his administration with Russia collusion for the last four years. 
There, the, the FBI has had a lot of problems. The term systemic comes to mind, but not racism. It's systemic incompetence. And I say that with all due affection for the Bureau. Um, they, this is a storied institution that we do need and that does serve a vital role, particularly in counterterrorism and counterintelligence. Uh, but for whatever reason, for the last 10 years, 15 years, uh, since 9-11, uh, the the bureau has just not performed as ably as it did, say, during the Cold War, uh, when people like J. Edgar Hoover were running it. Uh, and uh, I think some of that is the bureaucratic reforms that were imposed from the 1970s onward, after Nixon and after J. Edgar Hoover died. I think some of it also is just the government is not attracting the best and brightest anymore. And I think part of that is the pay issue that we talked about with Congress. But I think also it's just the government is not attracting the best and brightest, and certainly the most competent are not staying in the government, to say the least. And, and you're seeing this in our institutions across the board. Why'd you ever go be a congressional staffer to begin with? Because I was young, dumb, and I didn't have kids. And then I got married and had kids, and it was Sayonara, Capitol Hill. <laughs> What's the coolest thing about being a congressional staffer? It has to be on some level kind of cool, oh, right? You're rubbing elbows with the powerful people. Yeah. You're, st you're staring at statues of George Washington and stuff. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, the first day I was hired, they did orientation on the House floor, and I got to uh, sit uh, in the middle looking up at the speaker days where the presidents come and talk. That was my first That was my first day. They, they, they met me in the office in Cannon House and then brought me down for the group orientation, and that was where we were. And uh, I think for me, actually, it wasn't so much rubbing shoulders with powerful people because, as I said, they come and go. Uh, for me, it was the history. I had access to the Library of Congress with my ID. Uh, it was very much like that Nicolas Cage movie, uh, uh, Treasure uh, Treasure Hunt, or National Treasure. National rather. Treasure. And, yes. And so, you know, that that is the aspect of government service that I miss most, is that kind of just really cool things. And it's too bad that our government has become so infested with special interests and with these political um, sort of hacks that decide to abuse this wonderful opportunity to serve the American people and to serve their political party. And they abuse it by trying to engorge themselves at the public trough. You saw this with Biden, and you saw this also with the Clinton family. I think Biden was a bit more haphazard, but the Clinton family was just as bad. Brandon Weikert. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. Thank you. I don't want to stress you out, all right? But we are 15 days until the presidential election. Can you believe that? 15 days away. Now, if that got your heart going, allow me, allow me to help you out. You're still going to sleep like a baby every day between now and the election if you just go get an ebb sleep. I've been telling you this. Doesn't matter what my day was, what my tomorrow is going to be. My head hits the pillow and I'm out because I have an ebb sleep. It's a wearable device. It applies precise, continuous cooling to your forehead, putting you asleep faster and keeping you asleep because it calms down those racing thoughts that are keeping you awake. Go get one. You can try it risk-free for 60 days. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Use the promo code jesse. Get yourself 25 bucks off. We'll be back.
Joining me now, Darren Porsche, former NYPD lieutenant, and now he's a criminal justice professor at Pace University, host of Crossing the Line. Darren, what's easier, working with dirtball criminals or working with today's college <laughs> students? <laughs> it's uh, working with the college students definitely because I have far more control over my environment than when you take consideration dirt ball criminals. You know, you, you're dodging bullets and things to that effect. That doesn't happen. Though. I don't experience those landmines in the classroom. So that being said, I have control over the environment as a professor. What's your take on body cameras? I I, I will tell you initially. I was dead set against them. I thought it would just something it was just something that was only going to be used against police officers in every scenario. But then I'll tell you lately, I've seen it exonerate a lot of cops who were accused of something terrible and then they put out the body camera stuff and it turns out the guy did fine. What's a, what's a cop's take on him? Well, Jenny, I, I say Jenny, forgive me. You being just you being an ex-marine, I don't know if you guys were wearing body cameras, but um, no. when you were in, but when I was coming out we started to wear body cameras in connection with certain missions that we embarked upon. So I had somewhat of an understanding. Initially, I was apprehensive to it, but then as I wore it more, I became more comfortable, and I found that it helped me more than hurted me. So when I look at what officers are dealing with in the day-to-day -day rigors of police works in places like New York City, for example, it clearly gives a comprehensive overview or aspect of what the incident involved. Because a lot of times when we look at a lot of these videos on television, we see it for shock value. It just shows us one specific instance, like maybe three to five seconds max. However, when we have a body camera, it shows us the beginning, the middle, and the end. That overly comprehensive um, component of the interaction or engagement it tends to be germane to a criminal prosecution or just revealing that the officer, in fact, did what was necessary in connection with the situation that they were encountering. Along that same line, have cell phones, you know, the age of the cell phone camera, has it made it harder to be a cop or easier? You know, it, it's hard to say, man, because like, uh, I, you know, initially it goes back to what I was mentioning earlier. A lot of, you know, just the big brother watching theory or, you, you know, being um, filmed, so to speak, was somewhat problematic. I shouldn't say problematic, but I, I wasn't comfortable with it when I was on that, when, when I was in the military or in the army, so to speak. But then I got accustomed to it. Now, I think officers have become somewhat impervious to wearing video cameras, and it's come as second nature because we look, we have to take into consideration a place like New York City. We have eight and a half million residents within the 365 um, square mile radius here, and the average officer is being photographed or videotaped 100 to 200 times a day anyway, excluding the video camera that they're wearing. And so when we look at the natural order of technology in society, it's something that it, it, it's, it, it captures our images on a regular basis. So policing is no different. Therefore, it's just attaching to the parallels within a normal society. So I think that it's it's one of these things that we've just accepted as the new normal. Are cities changing? Or are th th this is what I mean by that. I, I've, I've lived everywhere, cities, country, everywhere, and I love it all. I, I love living in Texas. I love New York City. It's like my favorite place in the world. I love it all. But we like to act like, especially people in rural America, they like to act like big cities are always these, you know, den of sin and iniquity. And the country's just <laughs> fine. And the cities, the cities think anybody outside of the city limits is some uncultured rube. This is just the history of man. That's how people think. 
But are America's cities actually changing, or is this pretty much how they've always been? Well, I think there's been a revolution in the cities um, over the course of time. i give you an example. I mean, I live in New York City, but I lived in Texas for four years. I mean, I lived in San Antonio when I was on active duty. So the the comings and goings, or from a geographical perspective, things are different from place to place. When we look at, I was in Idaho two weeks ago. I was in Boise, Idaho. I gave a speech at the Idaho Center. It's a very different facet of life in Boise, Idaho than it is in a place like New York. I think a lot of it has to do with the electorate or the elected official that's driving a narrative, the political narrative of that particular city. So i give you an example. New York City, Chicago, Portland, Seattle, Washington. You have Democratic mayors that are driving an agenda that's subsequently causing these places to spiral out of control in connection with public safety. But when like, I give you, when I, when I went to Boise, Idaho two weeks ago, I loved it there, you know, and I just found that the the electorate or the elected officials drove a narrative that ran conducive to a more premier lifestyle in places like that, Midwest and in the South, as opposed to those democratically controlled um, cities that I just spoke to. Why did the cops stay? I, I, I genuinely wonder this because, I mean, you have to wade through the crap all day long. And you now, under these cities now, especially, the, it's not just that they're Democrats. These people are these anti-cop, far-left, just total whack jobs. Lunatics. You're out there putting it on the line, and you know that they don't have your back. I would think the job's taxing enough if they have your back. Why not just pack up the family and move to Boise or just go to the burbs somewhere? <laughs> what, why, I don't understand why stay. I'm glad they do, but I just don't understand why they do. Well, uh, cops become, people become police officers based on it being their DNA, and they want to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. That being said, oftentimes officers will soldier on because they feel that it's necessary and it's right to move forth the agenda of the social contract and affording people uh, protections within the purview of government. That's something that's been consistent all along. These guys don't do it for money. They do it for the satisfaction of being a part of the solution. So I think that in essence is what drives police officers to do what's right as opposed to packing up and moving on. I can't tell you how many times I've had situations where I've had a scuffle in a staircase and it's just been between me and that individual. There was no help whatsoever and I walked away from it and I said, damn, why am I doing this? But it goes back to this is what I want to do because I think that it's what's right. And Jesse, I give you an example. You're an ex-Marine going on combat tours overseas, you, I don't know what rank, if you were an E5, E6, or E4, or even E1 for that matter, E1 meaning the entry level rank coming into the military, you go through basic training and you're going through hell. But at the same token, you do it because you feel it, it's the right thing to do and there's a satisfaction attached to the end. Therefore, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And I, I use the same um, contrast and comparison to police work. You're a criminal justice professor now. How's America's criminal justice system? And I say this, I, I, I'm asking from a 30,000-foot view. From a 30,000-foot view, I understand, I understand this. There's no such thing as a perfect criminal justice system. Every country in the history of the world has disliked theirs. I, I get that completely. Overall, how are we doing? Do we suck? Are we doing great? How's our system working? We suck big bees. <laughs> no, you know, it just, it's crazy. I was, you know, it's funny. I was in Singapore last year. That's a criminal justice system that works. You know, you chew gum, you get locked up. And so it goes, 
<laughs> what are we doing here? But let me tell you, crime in Singapore, man, they have a lock on things there. And believe it or not, I want to say that I felt afforded my due rights as a as a traveler in Singapore. I actually had a good time. I walked around. I didn't smell pot. There was no one yelling F the police as they drove down the street. I mean, I felt that it was a very calm society. If you're doing what you're supposed to do, it's fine. And the best way to describe it is just it felt as if I was in... I, I was a military soldier, so to speak. I shouldn't even say military soldier, but there was a sense of um, an environment being maintained. Everyone was all in. So when we look at the criminal justice system that we have here in the United States, not everyone is buying into the philosophy of a more serene environment for us as Americans. So as a result of that, that's where we have these fractured relationships. And when we look at the loud minority that's spewing hate, um, division, uh, groups like Antifa are driving a narrative that are very un-American and not for what American values stand for. When I say not for what American values stand for, meaning we don't want graffiti, we don't want anarchy, we don't want chaos, and we need that criminal justice system to afford us the protections. And unfortunately, geographically, the narrative is not what it's supposed to be. So. I don't think that this is a great system here. It's a work in process, uh, progress. And I'm just hoping that we can grasp the concept of what criminal justice is and get us to a place where we don't have to worry about groups like Antifa that are raging through the city, um, destroying property, rioting at a moment's notice. We're Americans and we want to live a quality life. Darren Porter, thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. Jesse, as always, it's a pleasure being on the show, and thank you. And continue doing the wonderful things that you do, and I salute you for your service. You too, man. You too. Semper Fi. All right, brother. All right. We have a dog that's apparently a huge snitch. We're going to show you. Hang on. I'm a big believer in that old-school mentality of keeping your mouth shut. Your buddy does something wrong, you don't say anything. Your enemy does something wrong, you don't say anything. You stay out of a lot of trouble in this life that way. Somebody should have told this dog. <laughs> All right. We're going to have a great show tomorrow. Enjoy. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum. Sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go. Put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's Jake's Mint 
chew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans because all veterans who served honorably, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T. Dot org. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time hey have you ever used cheapo air for years and i really like it with cheapo air you can book online use their app or even over the phone They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.